How are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. I am doing pretty good. We've got uh, an excellent episode of the Photography Brothers coming here pretty soon to everybody. For me, uh, a highly, a highly nostalgic mm. episode, right? So, seeing as we're uh, we're talking nostalgia, I was kind of wondering maybe just for for some senseless chatter here to start the podcast, seeing as that's what we. Uh, we usually go for, I was wondering, uh, Michael, what, what were some, and this is going to tie into the topic later, so it won't be as senseless as it appears, but yes. Michael, what were, uh, let me ask you something. What were some of the video games that you logged hours on as a kid? Maybe the game that you played the most. Okay, so it's got to be a Super Nintendo game, and I'm going to say it is either Super Mario World 2 or... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the Flintstones game. Really? The Flintstones game. Fantastic. You want to talk about racing mechanics? Call of Duty, or not Call of Duty. These Call, of Duty Flint, Call, Call of Duty Flintstones. Call of Duty Flintstones. These Need for Speeds. Right. These these uh, these these forces. You know what I mean? They got nothing mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the bo- on the boss the boss battle races in in Flintstones video game. Um, okay, but okay. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot of nostalgia around those games, man. Yeah, I'd I'd say the games I logged the most on were definitely a lot of Star Wars related games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Pod Racer. Like holy Star Wars Pod Racer, like that was a game that I played a lot. Very fun game. The racing mechanics, your your, uh, pod would get all smashed up and then you'd have to like hold down the button, but that would like make you go slower and stuff. Uh, That was uh, a phenomenal game. Uh, Obviously Counter-Strike, shout out to Counter-Strike. Oh yeah, man. By far the game that I've logged the most hours at, on, uh, and by far the game that I can kick like anybody's ass at uh, Counter-Strike, bro. So <laughs> any, I mean, not really, because there's like competitive players and it's like an online game. So, you know, there's like ridiculous levels of competition with anything like that. Um, but, you know, Counter-Strike I'm really good at. But, uh, but I'll tell you guys one more game that I played a lot though, and Michael Ooh. Costa will uh, will let us know if he got into this series as well. Again, okay, one okay. one of the games that like got, don't even challenge me or 2K for that matter, because like I can get you a 2K as well. But oh, t- Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, bro, I could play that stuff blindfolded. What about you, my man? I played Pro Skater too. I think I rented it yeah. in Blockbuster. Fair, fair. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> it was it was a cool game. It was just you know, pop, you know, pops, uh, you know, wouldn't uh, take me to Blockbuster rented a game, uh, yeah. rented again, and uh, you know, once that that week long span had had passed, uh, my attention span as a little bugger, uh, you know, had had race, and I already wanted to buy something else or try something else. So, uh, so uh, it was fun though. Stick when I with the it. series. Didn't stick with I didn't the stick series. With it, but... Unfortunately, big regret of mine. But fun game. Fun game. Well, Tony Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 was definitely a highlight, and uh, and it was good as a game, you know, because everything else was like just sheer violence. <laughs> so I'm sure your parents were happy about that, where you're like, oh, a game where he's not just like shooting people in the face. Yeah, yeah, they weren't that's, a big fan uh, of GTA. That's yeah. nice. And when and when uh, Guitar Hero came out, that was another that was another chance to uh, to play a more expressive game, but. Speaking of uh, expression, and speaking of guitar, and speaking of heroic acts, I've probably looped that uh, intro music like at least three times by now. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna get Max. Max is gonna be getting really good at looping the music. All right, Max, <laughs> cut that music. I've got an intro for everybody here. Here we go. Are you ready for this intro, Michael? Never been more ready in my life, man. All right. Let's do it. I have to make sure that this cord isn't over my uh, my freaking wires here. What do you call them? Guitar wires? Strings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My guitar wires. <laughs> guitar wires. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's a trademark. That's a trademark of the Photography Brother podcast. Look out for our new uh, guitar wires coming soon to a... <laughs> to a guitar retailer near you. All right, Michael. All right, we're gonna have to get serious because this is a serious yeah. punk rock 
cultural song of the skateboarding people. Okay, so here we go. Let's Tony do it. Hawk, Tony Hawk Pro Skater for life. Hey, ho, let's go take some photos, brothers on the podcast. The kids are having a blast. Say it on the podcast, photo bros. Hey, wow, how's that look one? Look at this. How is that one? Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Costa, he's over there. He's impressed by the intro. I'm Jared Poirier. I'm the other host of this podcast, your photography brother. We've got a great episode in store for everybody today. And Michael is feeling amped up after that intro, aren't you, Michael? So amped, man. So amped. That was a great intro. Legit, probably the best intro. The best one yet? I think so, man. I think so. That was great. I loved it. We only started doing the custom intros like around episode, I don't know, maybe 10 or something like that. Are you so, sure, man? I don't know. I feel like, we, like we've been doing them for, or you've been doing them for, I've done one. It wasn't very yet. We've been doing them for a little while now. Yeah. Well, you'll and, have to get uh, the guitar out pretty soon. We'll have to get the guitar out. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to uh, do something special, maybe a Linkin Park, uh, something, but, uh, but when yeah, we do no, man, sadness, when we do our episode on sadness photography, <laughs> And you can bust out the Lincoln Park. But today we are not covering <laughs> sadness photography, Michael. Today we're covering a very happy and a very fun topic, very close to my heart, um, very personal topic to me. So researching the podcast this week was not in any way work. <laughs> and if it was, it was uh, a labor of love. Michael, we were talking about Tony, Ho- Tony Hawk, Tony Hoax, Tony Hoax, Tony Hoax. Pro Scorter, yeah, yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Scorter. Uh, everyone remembers that name. Not <laughs> yeah, to be pretty not, ripoff, actually. Not can be made by, not to be yeah. confused with Pro Scorter. We all remember that <laughs> name. We all remember that one. Oh, Tony, a Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk classic. Michael also only played the second one. Um, I don't but. think uh, Tony's. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Pro Scorter was made by Tony Hawk. I think it was made by. Uh, somebody else Mike, with a similar name, but similar Michael name. Costa. No, 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 oh, no. The, the names okay. are pretty, Tony Hawk, but but oh come on, you guys know where I'm going with. Anyway, you can tell Michael Costa will tell me after the program, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but today we're talking about skateboarding and uh, the the history of photography and skateboarding and how those things are intertwined. And uh, like I said, I have a real personal connection to skateboarding myself. Uh, My brother was a skateboarder. Uh, I grew up skateboarding, probably started when I was around uh, 15 years old. Uh, I actually broke my collarbone skateboarding uh, and then I went back to skateboarding after that. Uh, I do mostly like vert skating, downhill, uh, that type of, you know, that type of style. Uh, But I did recently, only last year, uh, learn how to like drop into a bowl and do that type of uh, like half pipe BS. Um, So yeah, and also my friend uh, Tanner Tonkin, we're gonna be sure to link his Instagram down below. I'm gonna throw up uh, a sick picture of Tanner skateboarding. Uh, one of my biggest inspirations to get into skating. He was in my art class, super gnarly skater, like went harder than anybody I know actually like did it, you know, did dangerous stuff on a skateboard. Uh, and unfortunately he was, uh, pretty in pretty hardcore fashion, uh, was riding his motorcycle one time and unfortunately lost the use of his legs, but he doesn't care. Uh, he's got on his Instagram, like I think he, he tattooed on his legs, fuck legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so keeping it real, keeping it skater. So shout out to, uh, Tanner Tonkin. And, uh, yeah, that was one of, uh, you know, just an example of, of how hardcore the, uh, the skate community can be, uh, Michael, do you have, and Tony Hawk pro skater obviously is my personal connection to skateboarding. Uh, Michael, do you have a personal connection to skateboarding? Um, 
So I think I was probably around 12 or, or 13 where, uh, you know, a friend of my sister's bought me a board, really close friend of the family and, and friend of my sister's. And so he knew I wanted to try it out. And uh, he was trying to show me how to do an ollie and he broke the board in half. Um, nice. So that's pretty much my relationship with skateboarding. Although recently, um, maybe within the last couple of years, I did buy a board at a garage sale, um, you know, clearly prior to, to the pandemic. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just kind of strolling around trying to get used to just balancing and, but more so a recent, uh, a side hobby, I guess, just trying to, to, to work up the, uh, the confidence to do a bit more. Oh, so you ha you have a skateboard. I have a skateboard. Yeah. It's not great. Oh, nice. I don't think, okay. I don't know, but yeah. Do you know what type of skateboard it is? God, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, really just like, you know, four or five times a year, just going down the yeah. street to grab something or whatever, just try and uh, work on the balance and like just going through the paces. But, uh, but it's cool, man. I like it. And I wanted, I wanted to, uh, learn more. Nice. I recently sold my penny board, uh, because I didn't need it anymore, but I still have my long board and I still have my normal skateboard. So if we actually want to get out and do some skateboard photography, uh, we're going to be able to do that, which is awesome. Cause Ooh. you kind of need to be able to, uh, spoiler alert, we'll get into this later, but you sort of need to be able to skateboard in order to document skateboarding as it turns out. So. <laughs> But uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, before we get into all of that, I think that it's um, just time for a little a little bit of honesty here, Michael, on the podcast. So we're gonna get we're gonna get honest with the people before we start getting into some of the history of, uh, as I said, skateboarding, photography, how these things have come together, how they're like truly, uh, you know, intertwined. Obviously, skateboard photography wouldn't exist without skateboarding. Uh, but there's mm -hmm. a pretty good argument to be made that without those photographers uh, out there in the community, uh, you know, living day by day that lifestyle and documenting it, then, you know, skateboarding wouldn't have uh, ever become what it is today. And maybe it just would have been like a niche thing that like, you know, 50 or so people did in California in like the 70s. Right. But uh, we'll we'll get into all of that type of stuff, kind of the history of skating, how it exploded and uh, the relationship to photography. But. Mm -hmm. Michael, and here's where the honesty comes in, buddy. So when I <laughs> when I brought up the idea of doing a podcast about skateboard photography, what yeah. uh, what was your what was your take on that, Michael? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't like stoked about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I, I even fair. messaged That's you, and fair. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, like you, this is more of a you a you interesting." But honestly, yeah. man, like after watching, uh, you know, some of the content that you shared with me and and absorbing some of that. And, uh, it was, it was really interesting. I couldn't really stop myself from, from consuming all the resources you sent. So, uh, really excited to talk about this, man. Yeah. And not even just like the, the skateboarding, the tricks and whatnot. Right. But like just the, the, the sheer brilliance and the, the, yeah. the art really. And like, just the knowledge, the knowledge of art theory and, and composition and yes. all of these all of these things, uh, contrast and whatnot. And we'll, we'll get into all of that. Right. But like these photos mm -hmm. aren't cool just because like Tony Hawk's doing a 900, right. It's like, right. these are, these are cool for, uh, for a whole different reason. So I'm glad that you were able to kind of shift perspective on that a little bit. And I think that that's like, that's fair. Like that's kind of the general, uh, opinion of skateboarding, right. It's not seen as like a very accessible thing, I think. And it's kind of associated with like, you know, a bunch of kids skipping school and doing drugs, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what uh, what people tend to um, associate skateboarding with, right? But it, it's not really, I mean, it is a little bit that, <laughs> but it's not, it's not uh, only that, right? Um, skateboarding yeah. is uh, much more than that. It's a culture, uh, a counterculture. It's a form of art um you know a form of expression uh, and there are so many things that are uh political about it right as well like f like um skateboarding being a rejection of the old way of life right coming out of like the 60s and the 70s a time of like yeah. real social change being like we're we're gonna do this differently than um than our parents did it and that 
that type of approach, right? So uh, I think that that's going to be very interesting to dig into. And then as well, you know, all of the things that are related to photography are related to photography. I'm really used to talking about photography and we are, but we're talking about <laughs> all the things that are uh, related to uh, skateboarding, uh, you know, the music, the fashion, the tattoos, like visual art, uh, all of these things as well as uh, photography. So we're going to talk about that stuff here in a minute. Does that all sound uh, reasonable to you, Michael Costa? Oh, yeah, man, I'm excited. Let's uh, let's do yeah. it. Let's dig in. OK, I'm going to be um, I'm going to be doing a few things here. We're going to talk about uh, as I said, some some of the history of skateboarding, but we're going to try to stick uh, to photographers and, uh, you know, particularly analyze uh, some of the work of some of the greatest skateboard photographers ever in history. If you guys hear me talking more than Michael, uh, don't worry. I didn't even read the news story. So Michael's going to be uh, <laughs> taking care of all of that news story stuff. Michael's going to be telling me all about the news story today. Uh, and I might be taking the lead a little bit on this skateboard stuff. So uh, with all of that said, we're going to get into it here. Uh, and before we even do that, I do have to shout out an excellent series uh, Michael referenced it earlier. The main source of the research uh, for this episode. Uh, I highly recommend that you guys go check out T Hooper's series on skate photography, uh, a three part series. Yeah. And in the last part of the series, she highlights uh, a bunch of modern uh, female skate photographers. And we're going to talk about some of them as well. Uh, and yeah, the other thing um, that I mentioned earlier is just that like why skate photography is so interesting. Like one of the reasons why uh, this was so attractive to me, especially once I started digging into this, I was like, man, this is so cool. Like obviously the cultural aspect of it and just how different it is from like other sports, right? Like we've covered different things, uh, you know, sports photographers, their lifestyle and uh, the type of things that they go through. And like, to be honest, like compared to a lot of the types of photography that you can do, like journalism, news photography, blah, blah, blah. Skateboard photography seems pretty freaking fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be doing and dangerous and dangerous. It seems, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. But definitely fun. Uh, and, you know, with the um, this whole skate culture thing and like punk, punk rock and all of that, as I said before, it's like cultural insiders, right? People like if you're a skate photographer, like you are close friends, like best friends with skateboarders. And it's like that's pretty different from obviously things like the NBA, right, where you talked about like literally LeBron James getting sued by photographers. Like it probably doesn't happen yeah. as much in the uh, in the skateboard scene, right? It's kind of a bit of a tight knit thing, but I also think that there's a lot to learn uh, from it in terms of uh, art and uh, photography in particular. So uh, let's get into it here, Michael. Uh, one thing that was really kind of um, surprising to me, I guess, uh, is how much, and it does make sense once you think about it a little bit, but just how much like film photography is uh, yeah. a big part of skateboard photography, right? And I mean, for pretty obvious reasons, if we're talking about like the 70s, <laughs> the 80s, I'm not exactly sure when the first DSLR came out, maybe the 90s. Um, but even to this day, uh, most professional serious um, skateboard photographers are shooting on film. So that's uh, something to think about. I think that it does make sense just because it's like more rugged and it's also like analog, which so are skateboards, right? So I guess mm -hmm. just like it kind of fits together. Uh, I was thinking like, as I was prepping for this episode, kind of envisioning if I want to start doing some like skateboard photography, I'd be kind of scared to break my camera. Uh, so I guess that's <laughs> one of the reasons why a film camera that's, you know, three or five hundred dollars instead of my camera, which is like two or three thousand dollars, depending on the lens on it. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, definitely one thing that was uh, was interesting. A lot of film photography and a lot of uh, black and white photography. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of uh, wide angle and fisheye lenses being used uh, predominantly. Most uh, skateboard photography is shot with that like wide angle or fisheye, uh, which I think 
works really well for a few reasons. It kind of emphasizes like the chaos and the adrenaline, right? Yeah. Of skateboarding. But I also like how it makes the skater like larger than life, right? Like you're busting out this huge trick and the way that the fisheye lens works is that like you're, you're looking huge and like you're taking up the frame and like, so at the forefront, like so much larger than life. And then all of the people who are like watching you do it, right. Are kind of like standing, uh, back there in awe, you know? So I just think it emphasizes like the freedom and, uh, and everything of skateboarding. The fact that it's like, uh, maybe look, forcing you to look at like your normal life in a distorted way. Right. Instead of being yeah. like, yo, these like skateboarding bombs on the street, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing going to ikea right like come on like you should be you should be out here skating uh and just so we don't get lost in the weeds michael of nerding out about cameras like we do sometimes <laughs> i'm just going to um yeah i'm starting this coffee's starting to kick in um <laughs> <laughs> i can see that <laughs> when nice. we started the pocket michael was like you're a little low energy today man i don't know like i'm i'm worried <laughs> have no fear michael once i got the coffee in me and start talking about specific camera models oh boy here we go so here are some cameras uh that are used frequently in um skateboard photography kind of in no particular order in a rough rough ish chronological order uh hasselblad 500c super classic film camera uh the pantex k1000 the canon a1 and the nikon f series these are all film cameras so as i said film cameras super important uh for skate photography and with that we can get into the history of skateboarding and the history of skate photography. So do you happen to know uh, where skateboarding started, Michael, and, and when? Uh, Europe. No. Yeah, it was in Europe. Is it? I think of the United States, bro, as far as I could tell. Okay, well, a lot of the... Uh, there was definitely a, a large subculture, at least within Europe. and There certainly was, the yeah. UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Didn't start yeah. there, but start started in uh, as far as I could tell from from the documentaries there on uh, on YouTube and my own reading. Uh, it did spread to uh, the UK, certainly Australia and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, ni yeah. 1960s, like 1965 or so in uh, the United States, particularly California is where skateboarding was born uh, out of like surfing culture. So there was like surfing before yes. there was skateboarding. And uh, I'm not particularly sure why skateboarding wasn't like enough for the people. Why were they just like, I guess maybe it's like harder to to find good. Yeah, I, I suppose that would be why, right? You can skateboard anytime that you want, but you have to like wait right. for particular weather conditions to surf. Maybe that's maybe that's part of it, right? The availability mm -hmm. of it. Um, there was also this thing, uh, the, the 76 and 77 Southern California drought. Uh, and this is one of the things that uh, caused skating to explode in popularity. Uh, there's a drought and there's a bunch of people with pools. And because there's a drought, they don't have any uh, ability to fill those pools with water. And this is when um, skateboarders like Tony Alva uh, would be hopping over fences of people's backyards and like basically <laughs> skate skateboarding <laughs> until they uh, until they called the cops. Or, you know, or I guess maybe dealt with it themselves, but probably called the cops. So part of the uh, the history of skateboarding there and part of the the rebelliousness, I suppose, of uh, skateboarding. So, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Uh, and that's when vert skating was actually invented in those pools during the drought uh, in California. Uh, and that kind of leads us into the first photographer that I want to talk about um there's two actually that i want to talk about in this section here um as we're kind of transitioning from like surfing into skating and uh those guys are craig stezek and glenn friedman uh i think michael costa's more familiar and a little bit more inspired by the latter so i'll talk mm -hmm. about the first and uh and i'll let you talk about friedman a little bit so sure. 
I mean, I'll let you. It's your podcast. You can do whatever you want. Feel free to interrupt me. I'm going to talk about Glenn Friedman first. Okay. Okay, Michael. Calm down. Let's let's talk about this. This is Craig Stezik time, okay? So <laughs> uh, Craig, Craig Stezik uh, in California started out uh, documenting surfing. And then uh, when these guys, the Z-Boys, uh, the Zephyr team, a team of like surfers uh, who became skateboarders, uh, they were like a bunch of kids from broken homes. And this was just kind of like a way for them to, uh, I don't know, to have something to do, right? And express themselves uh you know skating in these bowls and whatnot and yeah craig uh is a very good example of somebody like integrated into the skateboard scene but also like documenting it and uh his most famous work uh obviously is all around the uh zephyr boys uh zephyr team um skateboarders here and the uh documentary dogtown and z-boys which he co-wrote and like a bunch of his uh film and photography work uh is in there so definitely a fundamental uh photographer to check out and while i'm talking about that stuff i hope that max will roll some of craig's photography uh it's very very kinetic and uh, really puts you in like the the time and place of that. So yeah, I just, I, I really like it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, man. And um, you know, for Glenn Friedman, I'm sure you'll have a, a bit more to add to it. But uh, one thing I love about, um, you know, his, his, the portion that speaks to him and his work is how well it ties to the intro to the whole series. You know, she mentions how, you know, and even you mentioned earlier in this video, it's so much more than just getting a really nice trick. It's it, it's also capturing the culture, the movement. Um, and, you know, certainly his work really reflects that. A lot of his work is, is focused on, you know, uh, capturing, uh, you know, the culture um, and, and, you know, and how it's tied back to punk and hip hop and uh, elements of street culture. Um, and, uh, really, really cool. It's perspective that you don't necessarily immediately think to when you, when you, uh, think skate photography, um, you, you know, again, like you mentioned, you're more so thinking of Tony Hawk doing a, some sort of triple axis backflip or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Kick flip or something, but, um, it's really cool to see work like his that's, uh, that more so kind of paints that picture. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. He's a very, a very good example of that, of someone who's documenting, you know, what it's like to to live that lifestyle, right? What it's yeah. like to be a part of that scene. Um, and it's not just going out to the skate park. It's like going to the punk shows and and, you know, going to art shows and things like that. And uh, all of the spaces associated with the business, the businesses associated with skating. Right. Uh, if that's yeah. like the the venues that are hosting shows uh, and, you know, even early skate shops coming up, right? Because back in the day, you didn't have these like huge companies uh, building skateboards. It was more like, you know, just at first modifying surfboards yeah. and then later like building your own skateboards out of kind of whatever you had around. So yeah, very interesting to see the evolution. And uh, Glenn Friedman is a, a big part of that. Um, just so we don't take super long here, I think we should probably get into the the next section here. I kind of broke everything down into sections just to to structure things a little bit. Um, this is going to be like the 80s and the 90s, you know, so moving beyond the period where skateboarding was, you know, predominantly uh, an American thing. Like, you're right. Yes, there was like a, a scene in Britain and, and things like that. Right. Um, and, and into Australia, but now we're getting into kind of, you know, the more global reach of, uh, of skateboarding. Right. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And, uh, yeah, um, oddly enough, <laughs> we're going to start, see, it's like Michael Costa was really, uh, was really using his noggin and really using his, uh, foresight here. And uh, we're going to talk about a British uh, photographer, a very important photographer um, for creating um, the 
Rad Magazine, which is yes. uh, the Read and Destroy Magazine, right? So Tim Lighton Bowes, uh, a British uh, skateboarder and photographer. And uh, this is, you know, where we kind of need to emphasize, uh, you know, what we were talking about earlier, where without people there to document these things, right? Like it's very important without these photographers and these videographers out there documenting, like skateboarding could have gone away, right? Like there's not a lot of people who are gonna like go and hang out at the, you know, freaking uh, skate park and like watch people skateboard, right? They're probably afraid of getting uh, mugged. They don't wanna be out there like <laughs> smelling marijuana and watching people like sipping, uh, you know, their, um, their 40s out the bag and stuff like that. So for for people to to see this stuff and get exposed to it, uh, things really need to be documented. And, uh, you know, early publications uh, like Rad Magazine, uh, and then later, you know, other publications in the States, uh, like Thrasher and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And of course, like even Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you know, to bring it back, like just ways of bringing uh, skateboarding to the masses and exposing other people to it and kind of bring it uh, beyond this niche thing, um, but also bring it beyond the limitations. And I mean, in terms of photography, right? Bring it beyond the limitations of just like documenting really cool tricks and even beyond the limitations of like documenting the lifestyle and everything that we've talked about. Now we actually have some photographers to talk about that, like are just phenomenal, phenomenal photographers in terms of technique, uh, in terms of like artistic vision, they know exactly what they're like. These are just amazing photos that happen to have skateboarding in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk about another guy, uh, skin Phillips. He's very, um, very famous, uh, very well respected skateboard photographer. Uh, and one of the anomalies here, as I mentioned before, pretty much everybody is shooting wide or, uh, fisheye for uh, skateboard photography. And his work is unique for using that 50 millimeter lens, you know, like a classic portrait lens. And yeah, just some phenomenal work, man. And he's uh, he's taking these photos, he's living the life, uh, and he is developing them uh, in his uh, bathroom. He talks about like building a, uh, a light room uh, in his bathroom yeah. to like, develop, <laughs> develop his own films and stuff like that, which is really interesting uh, to think about. And and yeah, I'll roll some of his uh, some of his photos here, man. But as I was saying, just just spectacular uh, photography work, like the composition, mm -hmm. the leading lines, you know, uh, geometry, perspective, like the way that he's capturing these structures. It's not just about the you know, again, to go back to it, like keep rattling this home, but <laughs> it's not just about the cool trick. It's about like the transcendence of someone who's like willing to risk their life because like they just want to, right? They just want to live like that. They just want to like do something like incredibly dangerous and gnarly because that's, that's skating, right? That's the culture. And that's what makes them feel alive. And uh, these these photos are definitely uh, bringing some of that out to me. Um, is there anybody else that was really standing out to you from uh, from any of these photographers of this period? Yeah, 100, 110%, man. And, and just to, to really add a, a word or I guess a phrase to really sum up what um, you, know, you just came off of, like, it's that creative expression, right? And yeah. then, like there's the different styles and things that really get that going for you. And for some of these individuals and thankfully so, because their work is incredible, it's skate photography. And, you know, to speak to a lot of the points that you just did um, around Skin Phillips, there's also Jay Grant uh, Britton. Yeah. Um, and, and, oh I mean, I don't God. know how to pronounce his name, but we're going to go with that. Yeah, you know, I, it's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Britain or, or Britain or, or, or something along those lines. Um, but uh, we'll say them both and bases are covered. <laughs> bases are covered. But oh, my God. I, I mean, as far as, um, you know, the work that I had seen, you know, throughout the series uh, of videos and, and uh, some some of that research there, his was probably my favorite and for a lot of the same wow. reasons that you just referred to uh, when when talking to skin phillips the compositions um yeah. his use of contrast to really yeah. make these these uh these these individuals pop but it, this the the conscious 
awareness of the surroundings and what he can and how he can yeah. can compose those images like some of these are just unbelievable the leading lines yeah. all of that he is yeah. you know and and um, all black and white as well right all, of all his black and as white far as, as well. i saw yeah yeah and, and it just it really pops you know like and, and uh when you shoot black and white you, you have to really um you know i think a lot of people like to just shoot photos in general and then like put them in black and white and there's there's a vibe to that and it, that's cool but i think there's something about shooting it and, and being intentional with it and uh yeah. he is so good uh so good and i love love his work he's he's his photography first like like his as far as you know composition and what he you know how, how he's framing it it's almost like this would look incredible and then is able to interpret where to place that skateboarder in the frame it, it's it he is just a very intellectual i'm very inspired by this person and uh, i really want to look at more of his work as well for sure. You have to check out some of uh, his inspiration as well. Very, very obvious uh, that he's been influenced by this guy, uh, Chinese photographer and videographer Feng Ho. So check out his stuff. Uh, the use of shadow and like very angular shadow and things like that. Uh, yeah. Definitely reminiscent of uh, some of Feng Ho's work. So another cool photographer to check out. Um, we're actually in the period now where some of these people are on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah. for, the, for the ones that are, I will uh, link those down below. You might have a hard time finding, um, I don't know, Craig Stasek. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but he's he might be... I don't know. I don't want to say too old, Michael, but I don't know. I'll, I'll find out if I can find. It might Craig be Stasek. some reposts or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some yeah. or fa maybe a fan account. Um, but, you know, yeah. but Craig Stasek, don't come after us if we're uh, <laughs> <laughs> come and hit us with skateboards. Bunch of skateboarders just pull up on us. <laughs> You're talking about Stasek, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. They drilled holes in them first, so they're more aerodynamic. They can hit oh, us better. Oh, right. Yeah, that's um, yeah. You've you've put thought into this. Clearly, I'm a little concerned, but my skateboard gang that I'm starting the uh, the photography brothers skateboard crew. Uh, we're gonna go around stealing cameras. No, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so watch out for that um, coming soon to to you. Now, if anyone gets their camera stolen by skateboarders, they're gonna blame us, Michael. You realize the PR nightmare. Oh my god! For us. The these are all board brothers, you know. These are hypothetical. The photography board brothers. These are hypothetical yeah. things. I might actually paint photography brothers on my skateboard. That would be pretty cool. Ooh. Would be good for the thumbnail. So if I do it, I'll put it in the thumbnail. But uh, I should probably stop stalling because this is already gonna be a long episode of the photography brothers. Um, I want to get into the modern era here, Michael, and uh, thank you for helping me out to get through some of this history. I honestly thought I was going to have to shoulder most of this uh, skateboarding topic, uh, but you had a lot of insights and uh, and a lot to say. And I, and I can see that uh, this crazy topic of skateboard photography has uh, has touched your heart. So. So that's amazing to see, right? And uh, and now we're going to get into the modern era, Michael. So people who definitely have Instagrams. <laughs> <laughs> or should, yeah. Or should. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a few female photographers here um, who are mm -hmm. uh, in the skate scene. Uh, the first one is Yuri Shibuya. Mm. Shibuya, Michael, which is what I say every time that our podcast gets a lot of plays. I go, Shibuya. Yes, uh, she, of course. Yeah. I'm sure that she'll appreciate that joke. And she is a, an American and a Japanese individual. So documenting uh, the scene of skating, uh, both in, you know, the States, New York uh, and uh, big cities in Japan, Tokyo, I'm assuming. I don't know for sure, but probably because that's a big city in Japan. Mm -hmm. and I learned that from watching Godzilla movies. Uh, <laughs> the, the big thing here um, when it comes to her work, uh, what was really uh needs to be brought out is her use of artificial light right the use of like flash and stuff like that um and kind of the way that she's clearly 
thinking out scenes in advance, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of staging things a little bit, like where is the skateboarder gonna be when I trigger this flash and take this photo? And you know, with something as run and gun as skateboard photography, I mean, it used to be, maybe this shows that it's, that's, it's evolving and modernizing, right? That, uh, you know, these photographers now, luckily uh, in some ways, uh, maybe unluckily in others, <laughs> I'm not sure, um, but they're ha they're having more resources, right? There's big companies like Thrasher and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, all of these skate brands, DC Shoes and, uh, you know, whatever other ones, Billabong, you know, all these, Red Bull, Red Bull is like Supreme? big big time. Supreme is kind of skateboard related, yeah. That is, uh, that is true, you know, Globe, we yeah. could sit here all day, guys. Me and Michael, we know a lot of skiing. There's one with a girl. I'm pretty sure it's called Girl. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, they, but they're, they're putting money into this, right? So so now yeah. photographers are able to afford things like flashes <laughs> and they're, they're able to do, um, you know, bigger, bigger scenes and and put a little bit more thought and a little bit more production behind some of these photos uh, in a way that makes the photos obviously better. Um, but you could say like it's a little bit less authentic or whatever. I don't know. I think if better photos are better photos, I guess. So it's cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really, really into that. And also uh, goes to the point of how like studying um, skate photography, you know, as uh, some people may be like, I'm not going to blame Michael here or you guys, if you, you know, maybe you clicked on this episode and started listening to it, but you're a little bit apprehensive. Maybe you're a photographer uh, yourself. Um, but I think that there's a lot to learn about photography in general, as we've talked about yeah. here, right? Some of these people are just brilliant photographers. And I think one of the biggest things about skateboard uh, photography and something that uh, Yuri Shibuya's work really highlights is just like how the heck you plan out a scene and do you get like, how do you get good composition when something's coming through and moving like very quickly and very chaotically? And how yeah. are you like composing a scene, right? So this goes to uh, so many types of photography, obviously uh, photography of sports of any kind, uh, but yeah. also wild, wildlife photography, right? Like you yeah. got two lions fighting in front of you there and you're trying to compose a scene, like it's wild, man. So, you know, before you go out and shoot those yeah. lions, you know, maybe you shoot some uh, skateboarders, right? Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, we come into this show and we're almost always highlighting different types of photography. Right. And, you know, we talked a little bit to it in the previous uh, episode, but, um, you know, there's always things that you can be taken, uh, from, from a photo, you know, there's a reason why it's good. There's a reason why it's catching your eye and you're attracted to, uh, to it visually. And, and, you know, we talked about it through skin Phillips, Grant Britton, uh, you know, we're talking, we're continuing to talk about it through some of these other creatives. There are elements to their photography that make them stand out amongst the rest. And it's because it's just good practice. Um, good, good creative vision, good, um, uh, you know, we talk about our leading lines, all this stuff. Um, th but it's, it, there's a lot to learn. And if you're too narrow minded and you only look at exactly, you know, that subcategory of photography that you're, you're, you know, primarily interested in capture, you might lose out on a lot of those key learnings or pick up on them later rather than sooner. So I think there's, it's awesome that we're covering this topic. That's why we do this podcast, Michael. Yeah, man. We don't want, we don't want to leave anything overlooked, you know, uh, and to not overlook, uh, the last, uh, photographer that I want to highlight here. Can you guess who it is? Peggy Oki. Oh, well, I mean, we definitely should have talked about her. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I can touch on her in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. Do your part. I mean, she's so, uh, she's someone who we should have talked about like a long time ago. She's very early in the scene, but she's still um, very active, right? Uh, she was a mm -hmm. member of the uh, Zephyr Boys skate team uh, that we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. Uh, anything else about her that you want to highlight, Michael? I want to bring, there's a quote, there's a, there's quote. a quote. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I was hoping to bring it up at the end to tie it all together, to tie it all together, but okay. Well, but then before we talk about that, we can talk about okay. one. Let's, let's talk about, uh, Zora then first. Okay. okay. So we'll talk cool, about cool. Zora, Zora, uh, Olivia. Um, she is a predominantly like a portrait photographer. Her portrait work is really good, uh, but she also does some really standout uh, photography in the skateboard space. Uh, she does some digital work. Uh, interesting here, even the 
um, the person who, like out of all of these photographers that I was looking into today, the only one who shoots like digital pretty much. And then they asked her in this interview, like what would be like, if you could only have one camera and it's like a Hasselblatt from like the thirties, she's like, Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, are we doing things wrong, Michael? Like, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Uh, but I really admire her work here and, uh, I'm, I'm going to definitely link her Instagram. Uh, so many of the things that we've talked about today are highlighted in her work. Um, but it's interesting to see because her work is so colorful like high contrast colorful almost looks like a comic book uh, I'm very attracted to that style of photography something that I like try to emulate as well I'm just like you know some people like those more like desaturated moody ports and I'm I, I can I'm, I'm into those but I also like the the vibrancy and the personality of uh, of her work so definitely someone to highlight uh, and now Michael has a quote for you guys uh, from legendary uh, skate scenist um, Peggy Oki. Peggy Oki, who I forgot her name, but she's legendary. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like the list kind of just kept going when, uh, yeah, yeah. when uh, T Hopper was kind of going through all yeah. the different ways that she's, she's relevant. Um, but uh, it, I think my favorite soundbite, and I, Jared knows exactly where I'm going with this, um, was a quote that she, uh, something that she said, um, you know, when she was asked about, you know, um, obviously being submerged in such a, fa uh, a, a male dominated, uh, yeah. you know, area. And, uh, it's something that I love because it's very relevant, of course, to, to her, her the status that, the, that the question was revolving around, but also in general. Um, and you know, it, it was something in and around the lines of don't look at the boundaries, look at the possibilities. And, you know, it is really in, in T Hopper, you know, all credit, she does touch on this a little bit as well, but you know, we, we constantly get locked into the reasons why we can't do something yep. or why I don't have, other I don't have the yeah. gear. I'm under yeah. lockdown, like these different excuses we tell ourselves, right? hundred percent. Um, but what we need to do is maybe just continue to like chime into that childlike almost um, instinct in the back of your head. That's just really excited at, you know, to do something and what, in what that might lead to and what you can do um, rather than, you know, the reasons why you might not be able to. And, and I think it's just such a great quote. Um, you know, that's like tattoo worthy as well. So if your buddy wants to <laughs> tattoo something else on, on his body, I think that's a pretty good one. <laughs> Maybe not as good as his first one, but I, I <laughs> but still, uh, still pretty good. And yeah, definitely uh, links back with a lot of the things that we've been discussing here. You know, over these past weeks on uh, on the podcast, right? Like, um, I'm thinking very strongly of the uh, Somalian um, photographers that we discussed, right? Like, if these girls in Somalia can get their hands yeah. on a camera and do some cool photography and put on a show of photography bro like you can do it right so despite whatever challenges you have you know maybe you don't have that fanciest camera or whatever maybe you're a girl trying to do something in a male-dominated space you know um but you can always you can always with hard work and, and dedication and passion i think uh surpass those things uh, another thing that I want to highlight here, uh, Sarah Hudson. Um, she's another big uh, skate scene girl, and she started this thing called yagirlmedia.com, which uh, helps to bring female skaters, uh, you know, female punk rockers, female skate photographers, whatever, uh, related to the skate scene. Uh, so definitely someone that you should uh, check out and support, yagirlmedia.com. Uh, and yeah, Michael, I just, uh, I think that this was really eye-opening for me. Um, to be honest, I just wanted to do this episode because I thought it would be fun yeah. <laughs> because I, I really love, uh, skateboarding and I can talk about skateboarding for a long time. Uh, as you guys can tell, we're at like, what are we here? Uh, about 50 minutes into the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and we still haven't got to the news. So, uh, you can probably tell, um, but even I didn't expect, uh, to find number one, like such quality photography, uh, yeah. and uh, like just on, in terms of like fundamentals and like the theory and practice of photography, like just some, like literally like fine art here, which is not exactly what I was expecting. I expected some cool photos, uh, but I got more, 
uh, way more out of this than I came here for. And uh, yeah, man, I just, I, skateboarding is something that's always been inspiring to me, you know? It's yeah. a good way to get around. <laughs> it's, it's pretty convenient. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, a form of expression. Uh, it's a lifestyle. Uh, you know, it's a, a, a place where people find community. It's a place where people find, you know, uh, catharsis. Uh, it's, it's a sport, it's exercise. It's, it's all of these things. Right. And, yeah. uh, yeah, personally, like after, uh, after this podcast, I, I usually feel, uh, a real sense of, uh, fulfillment and, and peace. And I feel the same way, uh, after a good skate. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks to the listeners, uh, and the viewers, uh, for allowing us to cover this and, uh, Michael, thank yeah. you for, uh, digging in here with me, buddy. This has been no. really, really fun. Of course, man. And thanks for, for introducing the topic. You know, obviously again, as a little, uh, I guess in a sense, closed minded in the beginning, but, um, incredible content from T hopper. Definitely go check, uh, check out that content as well. She, she has tons of, of, uh, very good videos on there. And I think it, I think, it might be Hooper. It's either Hooper or Hopper, but again, we're going to cover our bases. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll cover, we'll cover the bases. We'll see if my, uh, my grade five English has, uh, let me down or not, but, <laughs> but genuinely great content. Um, you know, I think a lot of it, a lot of learning has to do with how you consume it, right? Like that can be the difference between whether or not you you're, you're all in or, or like falling asleep in class. And, you know, you, you see that with teachers and I think, you know, it's, it's just as relevant with, you know, the type of video content you use to try and educate yourself a little bit further. And, um, really good content. Can't speak uh, highly enough about uh, the content that she produces, and I'm very excited to dive in. So definitely go and check that out, and hopefully we can have her on the show at some point. Heck yeah! Well, I don't know why yeah. I'm going to say heck. I don't know why I'm going to say heck yeah because I already said the f word earlier. So <laughs> <laughs> we're beyond that, dude. We're beyond. But that. I had to. I had to do it for Tanner. I had to do it for Tanner Tonkin, man. You know, um, yeah. And, uh, something else that we're going to do for Tanner Tonkin, I guess, is get into the news. All right. So today on the news stuffs, uh, we got an interesting story coming in from yours truly. Petapix, well, not yours truly, I suppose, but I mean, we essentially work for them <laughs> with the amount of exposure we give them, Petapixel, of course, again, uh, we'll link it down below, um, but uh, this article is covering, um, you know, essentially the the uh, lack of ethical uh, manufacturing um, are behind some of our beloved camera brands and uh, really just trying to reinforce the, uh, us buying used. Um, so very interesting article, uh, getting to read through it. Um, you know, the ethical consumer is, is uh, you know, it, it's an alternative consumer organization. Uh, they're based out of uh, the UK and, um, you know, really what they do is they look at different, you know, uh, sub-product categories, you know, environment, uh, people, animals, politics, product sustainability. Look at a few different uh, industries and uh, they look at the companies that exist within them, the products that they're manufacturing, how they're manufacturing, how does it result. Um, and, uh, you know, they they put together a score and ultimately determine how, you know, ethical that company is. And so um, very interesting, you know, they, they did a, a study back in 2019. It was highlighted uh, recently by, again, Petapixel, and uh, they really just wanted to look at the different camera manufacturers and to see, you know, really how how they kind of stood on all this and <laughs> not well. Uh, I'll, I'll say I'll say that. Um, thus, why they're uh, encouraging us to buy used. Um, so, you know, they conduct these studies based on uh, uh, a quite a few different credentials um, or criterias. Uh, my, my bad there. But um, really, you know, examining things like, you know, the, the toxic chemicals that's used during production, um, you know, of, of um, you know, materials used kind of encourage trophy hunting or hunting in general. Um, there's, there's quite a few things that kind of go into that, uh, to how, name a few how they're, more, how they're treating the workers and stuff, right? 
Exactly that as well. Um, you know, of course, you know, uh, green consumerism uh, as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go into that and accumulate up to a 20 point score. Uh, you're, if you get 20, you're, you're really perfect and uh, you should be a, uh, considered a saint, I suppose. Um, but uh, not a know, lot of 20s, I'm going to guess. Not, not a lot of 20s. And I can tell you in the camera space, um, you know, not not very good. And so what I wanted to do is highlight a few of these companies, um, actually all of the companies, and just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at how they've done, how they've done based on the criteria that the good old folks at the ethical consumer uh, have highlighted here. So when we look at number one, this is the most, can you guess, Jared, I think I may have told you mm -hmm. by accident before the show, but can you remember who number one was? The most ethical the most ethical brand? Uh, Hasselblad. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see here. The most ethical. Um, hmm. I'm going to guess that it's our old friend Nikon. Ooh, not a bad guess because they are on the list. Mm. Um, but uh, it is actually Sigma. Oh, right, uh, right, right. Sigma, okay. yeah, yeah. You got to remember, you know, even the even the lenses themselves, they're yeah. part of that industry. And uh, although they, do they make the, body, do they make bodies though, or just lenses? I'm not sure about their their yeah. full product portfolio. I know they're mainly lenses. I don't yeah. think they have bodies. I've never heard of a Sigma body before, so maybe yeah. that's why I didn't guess it. But anyways, I yeah, I mean, I'd <laughs> consider it because they make great lenses. But uh, yeah, definitely on that lens side, uh, not scoring very well, you know, mm. per se. You know, of course, uh, they had the best score. It, it's still a failing grade if we mm. go by uh, you know, uh, you know, just referencing education growing up. It's below a fifty percent. Um, so, you know, Sigma scored nine out of 20. Um, and, uh, you know, just to quickly go through the rest of this list here, uh, in sequential order from highest to lowest, Hasselblad, Pentax, Enrico tying at 7.5. Then you have Leica, GoPro, Nikon, Olympus, and Sony at 5.5 out of 20. Okay. Okay. Uh, Canon and Fuji, not too much better. Actually, not, not too far off uh 4.5 lumix at four and then samsung uh they must be doing just terrible things they're at 3.5 wow dude um so you know there's a lot to i guess uh, unravel there when what is what is samsung things, doing are they just like roaming the countryside and like slapping babies in the <laughs> face what are they doing and like dumping uh, a bunch of trash in the, in the baby's carriage, like on top of the baby after they slap it. Like this is terrible. That, it's actually all of those things. Wow. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're not, they're not doing a lot of good apparently wow. uh, with a score like 3.5 out of 20. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ultimately what we're seeing is that everyone's not doing a great job yeah um, everyone, everyone's included. slapping yeah. babies yeah it's terrible everyone's slap at least flicking babies yeah. you know and so at the uh, best sigma's yeah. out there yeah sigma's out there you know just t uh you know uh, excessively tickling babies that, uh, that sounds really bad actually <laughs> maybe that's why their score is below a 50 percent. i'm not too sure but yeah. uh you know Ultimately, we need to do better, I guess. Uh, not necessarily that you know me and Jared have any sort of say, but uh, I think all of us do. With uh, you know, we vote with our money, and um, I think ultimately that's what they're they're kind of getting to here is you know buy yeah. used for now. Um, you know, support the the almost like recycling of of these bodies and, and lenses, and you know that's certainly something that I know me and Jared do. We support. We we're, we're always looking, uh, checking out. Uh, the used market to see yep. if we can get something that's you know essentially new and works uh, well. Of course, um, you know sometimes you're gonna find something that's like this camera has five hundred thousand shutter actuations right. and yeah. the viewfinder doesn't work. Don't buy that. Um, but uh, out of curiosity, Jared, what was the last thing that you bought used? Camera. Uh, the last thing that I bought used was probably uh, the lens that I'm using right now, my uh, ah. Canon <clears throat> 17 240 
F4, uh, picked it up used, saved myself a little bit of money. Uh, yeah. I also have a Canon 50 millimeter, I think it's F2.4, something like that. <clears throat> um, yeah, that one I picked up used for a very cheap price and it uh, performs very well. And yeah, as Michael was saying, like there's certain situations where you <clears throat> might not want to buy used or might not be able to, but there is kind of this thing and uh, it, it drives a lot of the camera market. And let's be honest, it drives a lot of the content around cameras. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. we've been obviously guilty of this uh, ourselves. I mean, it's it's I'm not maybe maybe it's not really guilty. I mean, it's not that bad a thing. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about gear and upgrading your gear and, the, you know, the newest and the greatest gear. Uh, and you know what? You don't always need the newest and the greatest gear. In fact, as we were talking about here, like you might, if you want to do some skateboard photography or, you know, yep. travel photography or, you know, mountain climbing, bear fighting photography. <laughs> um, bear fighting. Yes. Very popular in Russia. Actually, well, actually our next episode yep. is going to be all on uh, bear photography, uh, nice. not necessarily just fighting, you know, bear kissing, oh, okay. hugging, um, bear um sword fighting where you have to sword fight with a bear but the bear mm -hmm. also has a sword that's very popular yes, they're classically in, uh, trained yes in the ukraine actually um, yes so we'll be talking about uh we'll be talking to all of that <laughs> i totally forget what i was talking about <laughs> uh <laughs> i i'm so victim of doing that too oh, like i'll like go um, on and go yeah. on but no, no, uh, i remember uh yeah. yeah just like your your gear and that um not being yes. the uh the most important primary thing and uh you yeah. know what there's a lot of there's a lot of used we're bringing it back up there's a lot of used gear uh out there that's very effective and very useful and you know mm -hmm. people who are upgrading their cameras all the time like if you know people just ran out and got like there are people that do that like every time a new camera comes up they're like yeah let me go out and get that right yeah um so they would buy like the new can or the new uh sony a9 or whatever that's the expensive ass one right um, yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as i know uh yeah not always something that you need to be doing and uh you know there's a lot of opportunities out there to get some uh pick up pick up some used gear and maybe not contribute to uh some of the exploitation of uh workers here and some of the pollution that goes along with uh new cameras so yeah it's a good thing to highlight here michael so i appreciate you uh bringing everyone's attention to that story yeah man 100 110 percent and uh you know again you know it's, it's it's one of those things it's a vote with your dollars thing for this this story might resonate with more people might resonate with other uh not resonate with others um you know but if it is something you know you're hearing about this you're reading the article however you're coming across this information vote with your dollars right um you know when you like something you buy it when you don't uh, you you don't uh and uh it, it it it's it sends a message and uh so you know, if it's important to you, definitely there are things that you can do. You can share the article around. I'm sure there are uh, forms of petitions or, or something along those lines. And, um, you know, if there isn't, you can sure, surely start your own. But, uh, yeah, you know, you, you certainly can go used and you can, you can uh, you know, support that used market as well. In general, uh, you don't want waste uh, for electronics. Um, so, you know, that's something that uh, Jared talked about. Uh, in his Earth Day video, I was pleasured to, uh, or I guess honored to be on on that show as could, well. Could be, both. It, could be both. Could be both. Could I was pleasured to be on it, man. Pleasured to be on it. But uh, yeah, you know, there's a, a part that we all play, and so definitely supporting that recycle, yeah. uh, recycled market uh, can definitely help. But be careful with the A7 III. Just be careful. Yeah, be careful. Be careful. Do your research. Uh, but yeah, you can you can buy used and uh, and certainly get some good gear. And both both Michael yeah. and I um, can uh, you know we can preach about it because we practice it as well. So yeah, yeah. and uh, something else that we practice and preach is wrapping up this podcast. <laughs> yes, because this is one of the shorter shows we've had. <laughs> so short. so short it's almost like i yeah. didn't get i didn't get obsessed at all <laughs> well how are we gonna fill the time i don't know i don't know uh we'll probably fill up the last bit of time here by talking about some other content that you can check out uh again yes. if you're watching this and you're like man this blue shirt guy he needs to stf you but this <laughs> white shirt guy 
he is like OMFG, right? So oh. you're gonna, and if that's you, then uh, then you're gonna want to uh, go check out the Michael Costa music channel uh as i had michael on my channel for the earth day video i'm really hoping that he'll invite me to talk about music because as you guys yeah. heard earlier your brother jared is a musical man i mean i can't say that i'm uh you know a virtuoso guitar player necessarily but uh but i can rock out a bit so uh whenever michael needs a little bit of extra rock uh in his life hopefully he'll be hitting me up um you can also check out uh the mosh and the dogs podcast which is a mm -hmm. podcast hosted by my beautiful girlfriend slash fiance slash dog mom masha valakava check her out mosh and the dogs podcast wherever mm -hmm. you uh listen to podcasts Something else you might want to do, Michael Costa, he's not just a podcaster, he's a newsletterer. And he's been putting mm. he's been putting work into uh into the Photography Brothers newsletter. You can find a link below to sign up for that. Um subscribe to this channel for more episodes of the Photography Brothers. Uh you can also find us on Spotify and like Apple Podcasts and like Google Podcasts and Stitcher and all them podcast places. They probably have the podcast on places I don't even know about, right? Yes. So yes, actually, we have I've purchased uh, three thousand six hundred pigeons that are oh. currently that <laughs> oh, are wow. currently oh, wow. flying around uh, North America yeah. with with you know those those uh, the the beats pills those mm. wire those speakers they just got they got their light their their hand their, their their legs their claws you know they're just clawed mm -hmm. on they're just flying they're just beaming just play, us across just north america it around wow just wow, wow, around, wow. Yeah. why so, just north america yeah. though why did we limit why did we limit ourselves? we start here we expand yeah. we we conquer you I know see, I see. but we okay. got to start here yeah yeah so if you see one of those pigeons uh make sure you give them a tip and uh here's another tip come on back next week for another yeah. episode of the Photography Brothers podcast. Thank you so much. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. See you.